Hello, and welcome back to the Life on the Wrist podcast. This last week, there wasn't a ton of watch news. Um, there, there was um, a few things that we'll discuss on, the, on this, but we'll also kind of go into, uh, or maybe expand on something that we read this week, which I thought was a really interesting topic, and that was watch trends and predictions for 2024. I know we're about two months into the year, um, and maybe this is a little bit late, um, but uh, I thought I would at least um, walk through a really great article that w- was written by um, none other than uh, Tony Trena over at um, Hodinki. And then I would think I, I want to offer sort of my own predictions uh, for, for what, I'm, what I think we will see this year. And of course, we'll revisit them at the end of the year to see if I was um, anywhere close. First off, I'll just give a quick shout out to... Um, to a piece that was released, uh, the it is a, a Chopard LUC eighteen sixty Revolution edition. This was um, a steel case, um, steel cased watch with a incredibly beautiful gold guilloche main dial. This watch is really beautiful. I think it's a it's a it's a collaborative project, obviously between Chopard and um, and Revolution. And um, I do think it's a, a really beautiful piece, the dial. I, I've really gotten into sort of guilloche dials recently. We've had the opportunity to interact with a couple of guilloche dial pieces. Um, one being that Longines that we had last year. And so it's been a very attractive sort of place to, um, for me to sort of explore. And I think this kind of sums it up really, really nicely. Um, so I'll leave a link in the show notes to Revolution's article where they talk about this. Um, it's the Lucent Steel uh, with a um, incredibly beautiful gold guilloche dial. On to sort of the main topic that I wanted to discuss, and that was the watch predictions, uh, or I guess um, what Tony Trana says is, don't call them predictions, uh, fall things, four things to watch in the watch market in 2024. And I think he did a really nice job of not being too specific about what to expect this year, um, and kind of painted the year with more broad strokes, which I think was a, a, a really good um, good way of doing that. So um, he kind of described how 2023 was the year of small watches, and um, many people are thinking that that trend will continue. I'll sort of go through each of the trends that he thinks will, will sort of come about. The first one is speaking in broad terms, and he kind of described this in the way of, you know, I think watch collectors for a very long time were interested in a very specific type of watch. It was steel sports watches, it was Rolex, uh, you know, Submariners, Tudor, Black Bays. Um, you can even probably put in there um, some really interesting Blancpains or Panerais. But I think over the years, there's been a trend towards smaller, dressier, and gold watches. And I think what he says is he doesn't want to be too specific that that will continue, but I think what he's what he was describing is the idea that brands have acknowledged that collectors don't want the same thing over and over again. What they really are looking for is um, some sort of variety in their options. And I think brands are are going to offer those types of things um, in 2024 to allow collectors to have some sort of individuality or to allow for... Um, for um, for, for a little bit more of an interesting sort of uh, uh, enjoyment uh, by collectors. Now, 
he did mention a few that I thought were kind of cool. He, he said it's not, they're not predictions, uh, but he wanted to just give some ideas, things like Art Deco pieces from JLC or American watch brands like Elgin and Hamilton. Enamel watches, enamel dials are also something that might be um, interesting. And of course, uh, things like Patek ellipses that are abnormal, abnormal in the grand scheme of sort of maybe the collecting universe is where he, he thinks things might go. And I think these are great predictions. I think this applies both on the modern and vintage side. I'd say from the vintage side, I'm pretty excited to see sort of the trends and what people are interested in um, this year. I think um, if, if collectors do end up looking, wanting to look for um, some, some uh, variety in their watches, uh, vintage is a great place to be. His next sort of, uh, um, uh, I guess, broader stroke for 2024 was titled Winners and Losers. And the idea here was that he kind of wanted to sum up the idea that there are some watches that have fallen off in price. Um, he mentioned that watches have declined in prices. I think there was a report by Morgan Stanley that said that prices um, had um, had declined for the seventh quarter in a row, and that the report thinks that um, prices on the secondary market will continue to sort of linger for the next six months. And I think this is totally fine. And you could call these lose these, these sort of the losing side of the market. However, one has to remember that um, that we're kind of going back to sort of pre-pandemic levels, pre-hype hype prices. And I think that's good for the market. But what he did sort of caveat this with is the idea that um, there are other areas in the watch market where things have become extremely um, have grown in popularity and have done really well. For example, the Cartier Bamboo um, Cuisine is, um, is a really great example of that. A lot of the vintage Cartier models um, are, are really great examples of, um, of watches that have done really well in the market. So I think there is going to be some sort of clear divide between things sort of dropping off in prices on the secondary market, but there's still going to be models that are extremely in demand and they will be winners um, in, in this market. And I think that's very clear. His next sort of theme was talking about Omega and the idea that I think there was a lot of controversy, obviously, around the record-setting tropical Omega Speedmaster that sold at Philips that ended up being Frankenstein watch or Franken watch, as well as the idea that um, there's, a, there's a lot of hype around the the Swatch Speedmaster collaboration that made, um, you know, Omega's extremely popular and, and maybe to some a little bit over-talked, spoken about. Um, however, um, I think in 2024, there will be more talk about Omega. And um, and I think maybe on the auction side, we'll see some, some good predictions. And that's sort of Tony's sort of idea here. Um, I think it's also just a love for Omega and the, and the fact that there are some really amazing pieces to talk about for these pieces. His last sort of prediction was titled Through the Looking Glass. And the idea here was more, more of a hope for 2024 and that was around the idea of transparency. A lot of the controversies around um, the watch industry have to do with the idea of transparency and people not being honest about um, their intentions in the market or their intentions of a specific watch. And I think that's something that makes it really difficult to operate in this space. 
So I think from him, it's just a hope that there'll be more transparency and less controversy over the next year. So as always, I'll leave a link in the show notes for you to see this article. And I think there are some really interesting points that are brought up by Tony in this article. But what I thought I would do is actually talk about some of the predictions that I have um, for um, for 2024. Um, and uh, I'll, I won't sort of speak about my hopes. Um, I'll, I'll kind of try and ground it a little bit more in what I see sort of happening. Um, and the first is something that I've, I've spoken about already. Um, and that is uh, green dials. So um, a few podcasts ago, I, I mentioned a couple of watches that were released in at the LVMH watch week. Um, things like um, releases from Tag Heuer, from Zenith, from Hublot, that all featured green dials. And while this is a trend on the modern side, I definitely see this maybe um, becoming um, somewhat of a trend. We'll have to see what, what ends up happening in some of the, um, in the upcoming watch events and watch releases for the year. We've obviously got 10 months to go here, so plenty of time to see if this trend sort of comes to fruition. But I'd say if you already have uh, a lot of the LVMH groups, companies releasing watches with green dials, it might come about that way. The next uh, prediction is sort of in line with Tony's um, prediction, but I do think that there's going to be a continuation of um, interest in watches with unique designs. That can be from the way that the case is constructed to the way a movement is constructed, perhaps the way the lugs integrate with a case. I do think that these are these are still trends that people are finding interesting and they want to um, explore these because as, as Tony mentioned in his article, and as I mentioned previously in this podcast, I think there's, there, there's obviously been a shift away from your very traditional um, steel sports round pieces. There's still a lot of interest in them. However, I think the collector's mind has kind of been opened to different design pieces. So um, I think there's um, definitely room for modern modern companies to sort of explore this idea they won't um maybe sell as easily that's the um that's the uh struggle with with these because on the modern side a lot of times you're seeing collectors who might be just getting into watches but there also are a lot of collectors who have um a lot of um history in collecting and and would be interested in buying something of a unique case design if you're looking at vintage collectors, though, I think there's obviously going to be a ton of that, a ton of interest in, in interesting, interesting watches because it's just an, an additional story that one can tell when thinking about uh, the watch that they're collecting. My last prediction kind of aligns with uh, Tony Trena's prediction about Omega. And I think vintage chronographs over the last, I'd say, three or four years have really taken a hit. Um, I think Tony mentions the a Longines, um, a, a Longines thirteen ZN that sold for um, thirty six thousand uh, US dollars. It was in a small auction house, um, and um, I think that you know even even last year we had the opportunity to interact with a really beautiful Omega Omega reference two two seven nine. Um, chronograph, and I, I think um, there wasn't a ton of interest in these pieces, 
and with maybe a, a, a nice sort of bump in omegas that are going to be interested, you know, maybe some interest in omegas, vintage chronographs, I think, present a whole lot of value for, for collectors and have been undervalued for a little bit of time. So um, I think, I think um, you know, vintage chronographs from Lagines, from Omega, um, obviously Rolexes are going to be, have, have a, you know, a ton of interest in them, of course. Um, but brands like that, maybe Le Jour chronographs might see a, re a, 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 a renaissance in, in their interest. Um, Tag Heuer chronographs will probably see some interest as well. So the hope is that, or at least the hope, I'd say, I, I, I hope that there will be some, some interest in these because they really are incredible, um, incredibly valuable pieces for what they are. Um, if you ever speak to a watchmaker, they'll tell you that Creating a chronograph is one of the hardest things that one can do, or one of the hardest movements to put together. Um, and um, I, I've I've always remembered that, um, and and thought that uh, chronographs are some of the interest, some of the most interesting um, pieces of of um, of watch collecting. So those are those are definitely my predictions for um, for twenty twenty four. We'll have to see if any of them are true or what happens um there's there's plenty of time left in the year for something else to crop up um and maybe a new trend to start but um we'll have to see so yeah green dials um interesting design and vintage chronographs are kind of where, where i'm looking who knows maybe the uh, rolex hulks or the rolex kermits might see some uh, some re renewed interest in them we'll, we'll have to we'll have to see and we'll have to wait and find out if that if that will be the case I did want to mention quickly that a lot of the big auction houses are putting on their online uh, winter sales. I think most of them take place in March. The Elton John um, auction is actually starting um, on, I guess, it's the 21st of February. So it's going to be a day after this podcast is released. So if you are interested in any of those pieces, be sure to check that out. But I know I saw a lot of online, um, I got a lot of notifications about the auction houses putting on their online sales and of course these sales are typically geared a little bit more towards the modern watches i think phillips had a really really nice um legacy machine perpetual from mbnf so everything sort of you know leans a little bit more over to the modern side um but if you are looking for some pretty exceptional pieces there's always a um, a nice um a nice online auction that you could probably participate in and find something that you're looking for because it just seems to be getting harder and harder to find some of these pieces, in my opinion. I know last week we covered some of the vintage watches we're going to be covering on the um, YouTube channel and our website. Um, if you didn't see that, catch that podcast, be sure to refer back to our the podcast before this. Um, it would be, I think, episode, I can double check for you here. Um, if you're on our website listening to this, it's going to be episode 162, um, but um, it's uh, probably, what, season five episode, I'd say six or seven. So um, you can go check out that, that latest podcast there as well. Hopefully we get some interesting watch news over the next uh, week. It's been a little bit slow. I know in the USA it's President's Weekend, so maybe there's just a big exhale that the watch community is doing for now, um, but we'll have to see. Oh, actually, one big thing did happen on, on Instagram uh, that I wanted to mention. Periscopes. Um, if you don't know per Periscope, Periscope is a, um, 
is a extremely extremely well um uh i mean educated is the wrong way of describing him he he is um he knows so much about um vintage watches and he does a lot of reports where he tries to basically spot problems with watches that have come to market a lot of the times they're at auction houses um and and just tries to warn collectors of of, of what's happening in the in the watch community what's selling and uh, what things to avoid based on what he's seeing a lot of the times he's calling out watches for being franken watches where it's pieces from a bunch of different watches put together and i think he is easily one of the uh, most important uh, parts of the watch community right now especially on instagram um anyway his um his account was um i don't think it was it hacked is the is the incorrect um incorrect term i, I think what happened was it was suspended. Um, his account was flagged for, um, I think, essentially copyright infringements, or um, and then um, he ended up um, his account basically, I think, got end, ended up being um, being uh, uh, suspended. Um, and I can I'll get the right um, I'll tell you the right. Um, terms really quickly because I think it's important for everyone to know um, but essentially what happened to his account was it was suspended uh, for 180 days um, because of um, I think it was copyright infringement it's so it's so sad because this has happened previously where he's called out specific individuals in the watch community and then his stuff gets taken down I think he is uh, an extremely important part of the watch community and keeps really all of us safe and i don't think you really should underestimate you know the importance of him in the watch community so um he has a new account so go follow that i'll put a link in the show notes to the account as well as his website so you can kind of stay up to date on that but it is unfortunate that these things happen i think with that we'll, we'll close out the podcast thank you guys so much for for listening if you are new to the podcast be sure to follow us and share this podcast with a friend who might be interested in watches if you wouldn't mind reading this podcast, it really does help me out. And with that said, guys, I will catch you in next week's podcast, and I hope you have a great week ahead of you.